Good morning. This is Paul Donovan, Chief Economist at UBS Global Wealth Management. It's seven o'clock in the morning London time on Friday the 28th of July. The European Central Bank behaved much as expected yesterday. The autopilot light is still firmly lit. The crash warning light may also be flashing and klaxons sounding an alarm, but it is the autopilot aspect that matters when it comes to the ECB. The ECB raised rates last time, so the gargantuan governing council did not change that decision this time. That probably won't change the decision next time, unless economic data provides stronger leadership. The ECB statement muttered about being data-dependent, but that might give the wrong impression. It is unlikely that the ECB will be deterred from its course by a balanced and nuanced assessment of incoming data. It will take something so obvious even the ECB cannot ignore it to effect a policy change. But that may well still come in the months ahead. Meanwhile, the Bank of Japan, which for eons has specialised in masterful inactivity when it comes to policy, has actually done something. It was not expected to do something, but nonetheless, something has happened. The technicalities of Japanese yield curve control are not especially interesting. The bottom line is that this was a moderate tightening of policy, as bond yields will be allowed to go a little higher, but they are absolutely not allowed to get out of control. The Bank of Japan has revised up its near-term inflation expectations, and that gives Bank of Japan Governor Ueda an excuse to change. Although, given that Ueda was supposed to be bringing clarity to the Bank of Japan's communication, and the market was expecting a tightening of policy only in October, one might question the urgency of this decision. To go back to the European Central Bank, we do get preliminary French, Spanish and German consumer price inflation data today. All three are expected to show some evidence of disinflation. The transitory inflation story in durable goods has long switched to being disinflationary and energy prices have also shifted. The profit-led inflation story has started to come under pressure in Europe. It has been pressured for some time in Spain, which currently has 1.6% year-over-year headline inflation. Remember, too, that French Finance Minister Le Maire was threatening dire consequences if food companies didn't start reducing prices by July. And today's data is for July. Nonetheless, local quirks and peculiarities in calculation can always offer some potential for distortion with the numbers. From the United States, we have a wealth of information on the US consumer with personal income and personal spending figures and the personal consumer expenditure deflator. From the outset, it is worth emphasising that the aggregate data will be skewed to the experience of higher income households in the United States and the experience of lower income households in the United States are not generally as robust as these numbers will suggest. It's also worth flagging the regional variations that exist. The high inflation in Florida, for example, does a lot of damage to living standards there, which the national data will not fully reflect. The spending data should show resilience on the part of the US consumer because middle-income consumers 
have more spending power than the real income data actually implies. This is because middle-income households face a lower inflation rate than even the personal consumer expenditure deflator is going to suggest, although disinflation is firmly entrenched in that number. It's worth reflecting that future declines in inflation will not necessarily benefit consumers as much as they appear, to the extent that the reported inflation fiction is being brought into line with the actual inflation reality. That's all for today. Have a good day. UBS Chief Investment Office's investment views are prepared and published by the global wealth management business of UBS AG or its affiliate, UBS. This material has no regard to the specific investment objectives, financial situation, or particular needs of any specific recipient and is published for informational purposes only. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients globally, UBS AG and its subsidiaries offer both investment advisory services and brokerage services. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. In the USA, UBS Financial Services Inc. is a subsidiary of UBS AG and a member of FINRA SIPC. For information, please visit our website at UBS.com forward slash working with us. For a full legal disclaimer applicable to the independent investment views produced by UBS, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash CIO disclaimer.